The contents of the notebook are for entertainment only. It is not meant to offend or hurt anyone. This podcast contains adult themes, sexual content, strong language, and is only intended for an audience who's ready for the shit. Okay, there. Story time. Hello and welcome back to the Notebook Podcast. I'm Amy. I'm not, why are we like this? <laughs> it's really late. Yes, we've been recording for a long time. Wait, this is our 28th episode. Okay, we've been recording for a very long time. Um, so you probably know by now that I'm currently in Asia, having the time of my life. So this episode is being recorded before my departure and. We had to kind of do a marathon today, so it was a marathon. Yeah, so like we spent a whole day recording. I know it's been pretty productive, though. I think. Yeah, just imagine these two really like exhausted Asian girls with no makeup and hair in a messy bun and like takeout containers everywhere <laughs> around yeah. us. It's been a long day, but we're getting really good content, so I'm happy about that. Are we getting good content though? Yeah. Yeah. We shared some pretty cool stories. This guess so past couple of hours that we've been recording <laughs> and yeah. I mean, it's been, yeah, it's, it's been pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. it's been good. It's been good. It's yeah. Been good. So what's, what's new with you since three minutes ago? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, we had some really good wings. Okay, so we ordered these wings. Oh my god, so good. Wow, wings. So my friend Amanda used to work at House of Wings in Oakville mm-hmm. and I used to order like honey garlic, your mild you know hot buffalo whatever yeah basic flavors and one day she was like you should try honey garlic and garlic parmesan i was like what she's like just try it just try it i'm like okay so it's basically like caesar salad dressing with honey garlic and so i took a bite of it and i was like holy shit (laughs) it's like an explosion in your mouth it's so freaking good you guys gotta try it it's so good thank you amanda thank you for passing this secret blessing yeah and now i know and i'll (laughs) never eat the same wings ever again (laughs) again. except for these because they're amazing so good and especially because like i don't feel like i eat wings that much anymore so but like the okay so the first when you first look at it it's oh it looks so nasty at all i literally (laughs) opened the box i'm like I mean, somebody jizz in our wings. <laughs> with such a thick garlic parmesan. Yeah, it's very thick. It doesn't look appetizing. No, but just put your put it in your mouth. Yeah, just just, just take a bite. Put and it in your mouth. Make sure it's as saucy as possible too. Yes. Oh yeah. My God. So good. So good. So good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what's new with you, Miha. How about you? <laughs> I got my Sephora order delivered. Oh yeah. <laughs> Not as obsessed with yes. Sephora. Yes, I. Yes, I love makeup but recently though i've been more into skincare than makeup so i've been investing more in skincare products versus makeup aka ordering 600 dollars worth of product at one time 400 dollars. so like (laughs) for all your ladies out there i'm sure you know that sephora has these like vib sales and um as a vib rouge because i spent all of my savings Um, I get 20% off, and I this is when I buy my entire year's worth of skincare products. So, in a way, I'm saving money. Okay, but you said uh, that two months ago when they had the sale, too. Um, no, it was four months ago. Excuse okay. me. Okay, <laughs> wow. <laughs> that order was a lot of makeup, and this one is more skincare. Shut up. Literally, like, four months ago. But this is for my whole year, so I never have to order again <laughs> until next year. I'm like, okay, that's reasonable. Four months later. <laughs> Just got four hundred dollars worth of product. I was like, "What? Didn't you order for the whole year?" That was, was makeup. This is for the whole year now. <laughs> I swear. 
I don't need to order it again. <laughs> but also, I'm going to Japan, so I'm going to be buying stuff. Anyway, um, so yeah, um, what do you have uh, for us today? Uh, story, stories. Uh, I have I have two horror stories and one good story. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. And yeah. I have three horror stories. One of them is very long, but I think it's worth it. So I'm excited. Yes. Yeah, I have a pretty short one. So, but it was yeah, brought up by a friend. So yeah, you do. <laughs> Okay, shall we get on with the stories for the week? Yeah, sounds good. Yes. Okay, so my first story comes from user Shubear696. Let's call her Sheila. Okay. Sheila says, I met this dude on Hinge. The- Love it! Oh, shit. It's a bad story. It's a horror story. Oh, I, do this? I don't know, man. Amy is a big Hinge fan, even though she's never really used it. <laughs> but <laughs> she's uh, heard a, a lot of great things about Hinge, and she's been promoting Hinge, so... Immediately when I saw this, I'm like, I gotta tell the story so I can be like, in your face, bitch. Yeah, that's like, okay, so I have I have three success stories from Hinge, mm-hmm. and then now we've heard two horror stories from Hinge. And now it's gonna be 3-3, three, because three, I'm telling a third horror story. So, Sheila met this dude on Hinge, and he seemed <laughs> nice enough, so I decided to meet up with him and see where it could go. He was attractive, but the minute he opened his mouth, it just started to go downhill from there. Shit. <laughs> Too bad. So it's so sad when you finally meet a guy that you're attracted to and then... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so he starts by telling me how his family is in and out of prison for drugs and his mom and dad want nothing to do with him. First day? Yep. It was a little heavy for the first date, but Sheila says, I don't have the most functional family either, so I can emphasize. So I guess I kind of have something in common. I don't know, family drama. And then he starts to tell me about his time in the Marine Corps. And then he tells me that he had been married, but got a divorce. And he also told me that his wife left him for another man and started to call her a whore. But then also sheepishly told me that he cheated on her a, a lot. So like you're what? calling your wife, your ex-wife a whore, but at the same time you've been sleeping around too. What the fuck? Oh, so confusing. Right? So yeah. Sheila is wondering like, are you sure she left you? Or did she just get tired of you cheating and finally moved on with somebody else? Right. Obviously it was not a good sign. So after they got a divorce, apparently he tells me that he now has two NJPs, which are non-judicial punishments, Okay, right? So one for assault and one for sexual assault or sexual harassment. He tells me that he did punch a dude, but he had no idea why he was accused of sexual harassment. And then he promised to pull up the report on his phone. What? (laughs) I don't know why the fuck he would have that with him on his phone. But he did, and he pulled it up and starts reading the entire report to me. And I'm just sitting there mortified at this point, and I'm ready to leave, but I wanted to play it cool because I didn't want him to have a third harassment (laughs) report. (laughs) That's a good call. Right? Wow. So yeah, now I'm just sitting here with this dude who's reading his harassment in public on a first date. So finally, he finishes this with his fucking report. And uh, Sheila says, we leave. And when I got home, he texts me to ask if I am interested or not. And I guess he 
picked up on my body language because he's like, are you not interested? Right? Yeah. So Sheila says, I decided to be honest and told him that I was not interested. And then he starts to get mad and complained about having to pay for the date. But I drove an hour to go see him. So I didn't really feel that sorry for him, for him paying for the first date. Yeah. And then he got angrier and angrier. And when I stopped responding, he started to call me a slut and that I was only interested in hooking up, which what the fuck kind of sense does that make? <laughs> like she literally dipped out of that date so fast and yeah. never wanted to talk to you again. How is that the same as wanting to hook up? I don't understand. I feel like a lot of these stories, they end off that way. Like when the guy feels rejected, the mm-hmm. first thing they say is, you slut. Yeah. Like you just want to have sex. It's like, oh, but I left the dinner without yes. initiating anything. And I'm not replying to her text because I don't want anything to do with you. Right. But somehow that tells you that I want to sleep with you. That's what? So interesting. Anyway, that was the story from Shuber 696 uh, I am so sorry that this happened to you. Mm. Um. Glad that you were smart enough to not prompt him to give to get a third charge because of hitting you or was or something. And I'm glad that you got out of there safe and sound. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry that happened to you. Yeah. That's like quite common. I feel like we have this complex where we want to change people. Yeah. So these people they date these guys who mm-hmm. have had sexual harassment charges from their exes and mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, this won't happen to you. And I'm then different. these girls Yes, and the girls like oh yeah i'm different like he cares more about me i can make him a better man yep exactly and then yeah they get the shit beat out of them and then uh yeah people will not change unless they want to be changed right yeah it's like quitting smoking yeah you can't make them quit unless they they want to exactly they decide to exactly anyways thank you for sharing and hopefully we can learn a little something yeah get better days from now on man (laughs) don't maybe don't use hinge yeah So this is my first story, mm-hmm. and it is posted by someone named Anon Male 593 He goes. Mm-hmm. So I'm a 19-year-old male making my way through college and also work at a restaurant to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Now, you could consider me pretty smart, except when it comes to social interactions, I can almost never pick up on little hints such as flirting. Oh. So yesterday was a pretty slow day at, at the restaurant, and this middle-aged lady around 35 to 40 came in. She was the only customer we'd had all day, and as such, I decided to be a little extra friendly and have a real conversation with her. How teenage of you to call a 35 to 40-year-old lady a middle-aged woman? (laughs) What's what's middle-aged then? Like 50. Really? Yeah. I'd say 35 to 40 is middle-aged. You're still young when you're in your 30s and 40s. Really? Yeah. Middle age is like 50 and above is it like I our still, parents are middle age i call my mom like old you're rude <laughs> <laughs> my mom's like 60 they're rude man is that rude yeah like middle age is like late my mom's 40s to retire that's mid-50s. old isn't it no but if you think about it like what lifespan for a person is what 80 85 okay so the middle 40 of is middle yeah but he's saying that this woman is 35 to 40 i guess so I think I still, like, if it, uh, yeah, if someone's, Amy, what? you're closer to 35 than 20. Shit. <laughs> Wait, that's, I'm halfway between. Yeah, you're halfway between. 
But I'm old. I feel old. Shut up. I can't like. Do you know how many people this- wants to punch us because we keep telling people that we're old, but we're still in our twenties. But I think they understand because, like, after 25, shit goes downhill. Oh, that's man. very true. Right? Yes. Like, I feel like when I was 25, I was like vibrant. Yes. I was now like, I just want to sleep. Yeah. And eat cheese. But I'm also lactose intolerant, so it's not a good combo. I think that everyone can relate to that. Like, after the 25 hump, mm-hmm. it's like, Err. but then I've also heard it gets even worse after 30. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. So anyways okay sorry so apart from that okay moving on yes anyways it's no it's worth noting he he continues yeah it's worth noting that she's very very attractive for her age Mm -hmm. yeah he's also 19 Mm -hmm. and she was very well kept as well during the conversation she mentions that she runs a property management realtor business Mm -hmm. and that she had just spent the day interviewing people for an assistant position that she had open Mm -hmm. She hadn't found anyone worth hiring yet and then proceeded to ask me if I knew anyone looking for a job. Me. So yeah, so now I'm happy with my job. The money is decent, could be better, of course, but I'd always wanted a desk job. So mm-hmm. I told her I was actually thinking of looking for another job. She then proceeds to say that you look like the perfect young man for this job and that she would talk to me about it more when I wasn't at work. So we made plans to meet for coffee the next morning. Now here's where my idiocity Idiocy, idiocy, My stupidity really becomes clear. Idiocy, idiocy. I don't know. He wrote idiocy, so that doesn't make sense. No. Anyway, stupidity. (laughs) I'm not usually a morning person, and the idea of an early morning interview had me nervous. So I made sure I woke up nice and early and got dressed looking real spiffy, if I may say so. Mm. I show up at coffee dressed formally with a resume in hand. And as soon as she spots me, she greets me with a long, deep hug. Oh. This is when I should have realized that this wasn't a standard job interview. No. But clueless as I am, I figure, oh, she's just friendly. We (laughs) sat down, and the conversation never once broached the subject of my skills, qualifications, employment history, any type of working history. Instead, she mainly steered the conversation towards personal stuff like, what are my hobbies? Shared stories about her life. What do I like to do after work? The whole time I'm thinking, oh, she already knows where I work and she's probably just looking for someone whose personality matches hers. Because, of course, no one wants an assistant who doesn't get them. So young, so naive. (laughs) (laughs) Now, by the time we're wrapping up, two hours had passed. Holy shit. And the whole time I'm thinking, wow, this interview is going really well. (laughs) Then as we stood up to leave, she gave me one more hug and said she really did enjoy our date and asked if I'd be interested in coming over tonight for dinner. I froze for a second. Did she just say date? (laughs) Panicking as if the job was on the line, I quickly said, sure, that sounds great, boss, with two thumbs up and a dumb smile on my face. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can just imagine. So he also updated um, everybody on Reddit. Mm -hmm. He said that he actually went to dinner. So he went to dinner, and he told her how he thought it was a job interview, and then they kind of had to laugh about it. Then he went home, and then she texted him and asked him to come over and stay the night. And she also said, concerning the job, she'll actually have someone interview him later that week. So she wanted him both for the job and for after hours. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, he gonna be OTing a lot. (laughs) Damn. I mean, I I, I don't know if this is like a horrible experience. He got a job and, and a like fuck buddy out of one date yeah that's true actually it's more of a success story right right yeah i guess it when he first 
posted it, it was it just ended off with a thumbs up and a smile. It's too funny. <laughs> sure, sounds great, Bob. But also, like, this is a this is a predator. Like, if it was a, I feel like if it was a guy boss mm-hmm. who did it to a girl, a nineteen year old girl. Yeah, like, we'd all be like, "Ew, this is so creepy. Call the police." Yeah, but then it's like a woman, and now it's like a cougar. Yes, but I don't like that's not fair to me. But it's not. It's not fair, but. At the same time, though, like if if this was a girl in her situation, in this situation, I feel like she would feel unsafe. Whereas this guy probably was a little bit turned on. I don't know if he was actually. Like he could defend himself. Better, yes, but also okay. like I feel like it's kind of a fantasize for guys to bang oh, their boss. Really? If they're hot, he did say that she was attractive. Mm, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Right. I don't know. I'm just guessing. It's not really a horror story, is it? No, not really. Yeah. Half. He had a great time. He did. (laughs) He got a free dinner out of it. And maybe a new... Maybe a job? Maybe a job. Maybe Definitely a a fuck fuck buddy. buddy. (laughs) If he wants. If If he he wants. wants. Yes. But... Yeah, the the two thumbs up with a dumb smile. So funny. Thanks, boss. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, thank you for sharing a non-mail. Thank you. All right, here's my second story of the week, and this one is shared by username redmorning underscore warning. So I'm going to call her Linda. (laughs) (laughs) And Linda says, about two years ago, I matched with a fellow on OkCupid, and we got to chatting via text for because obviously they liked each other, so they moved on to text. For the purpose of this story, let's call this guy Kurt. Kurt was a fantastic text message composer, and I was quite taken by that. I'm talking complete sentences and expensive vocabulary, excellent grammar, and notable storytelling skills, which I find really attractive personally. I don't know about you, but yeah, I they have to be a good person, like storyteller. Exactly, mm-hmm. and like grammar, it's oh my god, yes. When they spell things wrong, yeah. or like if, if they, they don't know they're they they oh there they are and theirs. Yeah, no. Oh god. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm, no. Mm-mm. Anyway, so this guy was great at texting. Um, and this was a huge relief for Linda, too, because she's had so many, hey, WYDs <laughs> in the past, like we're doing, mm-hmm. and gibberish attempts and conversations. Mm-hmm. So Linda says, I thought I'd hit the jackpot. More than that, we had a lot to talk Such about. Such low standards. I eh? know, but that's like <laughs> the world of Tinder and yeah, OkCupid, though. Right, you're right, you're right. right? Sorry, yeah. Um, they both loved music, especially a broad spectrum of rock and mental, mental, cool. rock and <laughs> metal and horror movies. I clearly don't listen to metal music, mental <laughs> music, although I probably would listen to mental music if that's a thing. <laughs> that's probably going to be my thing if that exists. Anyway, so we texted for a couple of weeks and even had a phone call somewhere in between and things were going really well and finally i had a night free from work so kurt and i would plan a date it just so happened that the night i had free um there was a last ever show for a band that kurt was really into so he sent me some of their music and i was instantly hooked and we agreed to meet at the venue an hour before the show so we can go grab some drinks and food and just chat before immersed in a sea of people and noise so when the date came around, I was very excited about the show, but also kind of nervous about the date. And uh, something my gut was telling me not to get my hopes up too high, even though things seemed to have been going well. 
However, I figure that no matter how the date turns out, I'd go see this really great band play their last show together, so it couldn't be a total loss. Ultimately, I was right, but I had no idea what I was getting into. Mm. Dun dun dun. <laughs> So Linda says, I got to the venue about 30 minutes earlier than planned, and I decided to go ahead and get a drink to settle my nerves. When the meeting time rolls around, I text Kurt to tell him where to find me. No response. So she was like, screw it. I'm in for the show at this point. About 45 minutes later, I get a frantic call from Kurt apologizing for being late. He apparently had fallen asleep watching TV. But he says that he's hopping into the shower right now and will be heading out very, 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 very soon. Okay. Linda's like, great. Uh, I knew he lived 40 to 45 minutes away, so it's not going to be very, very, very soon. Yeah. Um, so she actually went ahead and ordered dinner, got another drink, and basically was mentally preparing herself to be polite to the stranger who's already kept her waiting for close to an hour and she's trying to settle her mind down basically just wants to have a good time at the bed so after linda finished her dinner kurt finally rolls up or some version of the kurt that i'd seen in pictures he's walking through the door bless you um (laughs) and the first band was already halfway through their set in the other room and for good reasons linda was a bit pissed Linda says, I didn't wave Kurt over, and I even tried to pretend that I didn't see him come in, and but he found me anyway. I decided in that a moment to be cordial, but I was also very much done with this guy already. He apologized, ordered a drink and a snack, and dove straight into a topic of conversation as though he was picking up where he'd left off or something. Whatever. So Linda says, I mm-hmmed my way through his story and try to figure out if he was just nervous or something probably on something and she says i won't get into the gritty details about any of this but suddenly we were just 30 minutes in he's only on his second drink and uh playing with not really eating his snack and essentially making a list of his childhood traumas what about the brutal divorce of his parents sexual assault and more at the hands of an older neighbor why do people do this on the first date i don't know even though he's like an hour late okay but i will say um i feel like there are some people that are just really open about talking about these things because like sometimes i'll meet with like random people on the street Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like you just say hey yeah and they're like, oh, well, this morning I uh, went to go see my ex-husband. He yeah. brutally beat me. Blah, blah. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with yeah, this? I say good morning. Exactly. <laughs> but I also feel bad because they obviously don't have a good outlet for oh, these things. that's why they're so... Right? Like so, if someone gives you a little attention, then they're exactly. like... Unleash. Exactly. Therapy, people, it's a thing. Yeah. That's... Not everybody can afford it. Oh, that's true. Right? Yeah. I mean... I don't know. I'm just, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so this date is obviously not going really, really well, right? No. Um, and he's still going on and on about his trauma and moves on to his sister's drug addiction and more oh, things. Yeah. And Linda is flabbergasted. Like, how the fuck did we get here? You were an hour late and the moment <laughs> you sit down, you start pouring your traumas at me and I'm how supposed are, to console how is you she now? hearing this through a rock concert? Well, they're like, Outside of the venue. Oh, are they okay? Yeah. Okay. Having dinner or he's playing with his food while she's having mm. dinner. Anyway, but he looks like he's about to cry. And 
Linda is not prepared to deal with this. So Linda says, I, as politely as possible, derailed that line of conversation and suggested that we get into the other room to see the next band. And he says, oh, yeah, uh, their leader, the lead singer looks like an alcoholic Jesus. Ha ha ha. So anyway, <laughs> weird ass comment. So actually, the next band is getting ready to play. And Kurt says he's going to hit the bar. Linda was still working on her second beer. So she watched him go but still trying to figure out what kind of drug he's on because she's convinced that he was on something. Okay. Yeah. It was angel dust. Angel dust. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Linda sees Kurt order three shots of whiskey and a tall boy. For himself? He takes one of the shots and comes back to with the two, other two shots and oh offers God. her a shot. And she takes it and because she watched it being poured, so she knows that there's no drugs in there or anything. Right, right, right. Right. And she's also like, I feel like this is going to be a long night, so I need all the liquid courage possible. So they watch Alcoholic Jesus and Co. And uh, head outside to discuss over some fresh air and cigarettes. And Kurt hits the bar again. Three more shots, two for him, one for me, and another tall boy for him. Wow. And when he came back, he was like, oh, right, did you want another drink? And Linda's like, uh, no, I'm okay, so... Kurt starts to work on his two shots and tall boy. And at this point, he was already starting to slur his words. Yay. Mm. Finally, the main attraction. Kurt and I elbow our way to the middle of the floor. So we've got the best view. And um, the band that they came to see is finally about to play. Mm -hmm. And Kurt slurs into the side of my head that he's going to go buy uh, a record and hit the bar one last time. So while Kurt's gone, a man about the size of uh, twice the size of Andre the Giant steps in front of Holy me. Holy shit. So I move a couple of feet to the right so I can see around this yeah, man. Yeah. And uh, after the set ends, she's like, oh, this was a great show, but I never saw Kurt again. But I was actually relieved that he didn't come back yeah. because I needed a break from him and I got to enjoy this band. So it was okay. Um, so she was about to leave, but she's like, I feel like I should go look for him, at least say goodbye and, uh, figure out if he's actually okay Alive? to drive. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. So she goes back to the bar and, uh, didn't have to look far because he was right there sitting at the bar, sitting on a stool. And, uh, she goes over, taps him on the shoulder and he whirls around to look at her with a confused look on his face. And then promptly falls right off his stool and straight on his ass. <laughs> so Linda's like, I help him up and immediately asked how he plans to get home. And Kurt replies, I thought you left. I couldn't find you. <laughs> and while he's slurring these words, he ordered two sh more shots what? of whiskey from the bartender. And Linda gave the guy a look and he delivers the two shots and Kurt's check. So Kurt offers Linda a shot. Which she took and gave to the guy sitting next to to um, Kurt, and Cousin doesn't notice because he's drunk as hell. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, I'm good to drive. Yeah, no problem. I can drive. Oh my no, God. I'm okay." But he can hardly get his yeah, work out at this right. time. So he can't even sit on the stool. Exactly. So Linda says, "I order a couple of drinks, and then boom, he's off his stool again." <laughs> but this time, he managed to catch himself with his hands <laughs> on Linda's chest. <laughs> yep so he caught himself from falling but also grabbed her boobs on the way oh, of catching hurt. yeah so linda immediately pushes hands away and he hits on the ground hard again 
<sighs> and Linda's like very angry at this time, but also she's imagining this stupid asshole getting into his car and driving home, and it's going to be very dangerous. So obviously she's not gonna let him drive home by himself. So she says, I just stared at him on the ground and asked him if he has a friend nearby, someplace I can drop him off so he can sleep the shit off. And the guy I gave the shots to helped Kurt up while Kurt explains to me that his ex-girlfriend lived just down the road. Oh my god. But he's going to drive though. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> so of course, Linda's not going to let him drive. And uh, she gave him some water and was asking for directions to his ex's house to sleep on her couch or whatever doesn't she didn't care um and then she's like but making sure are like are you okay or is she okay with you staying over right, right. to which replies yeah i already texted her i want to throw you left she says it's okay super great <laughs> <laughs> yep so he paid his tab and we got some more water and uh he says that he wants to go out for a cigarette before i head out so uh, Linda says, uh, I'll meet him there. And she headed for the bathroom for a much needed breather. And after I've gathered the last tattered shreds of my patience, I head outside where I find Kurt swaying on yet another stool like a wildflower in the wind, except that I've never seen a flower hit the ground that hard. So that's the third time that he's oh fallen God. off of a chair. Yep. But he's still good to drive. Yeah, oh, for sure. I'm going to drive um so she's trying to feed him more water try to sober him up and the stranger who helped the first time helped him again back onto the chair with some more water to sober this asshole up and linda was asking her one last time if he still thinks that he can direct them to his ex's house which then kurt says oh no problem you go this way and that way and he gives a very thorough description so thrilled that I'm positive I can get him there even if I lose con consciousness too. So, weird. Yeah. So when I finally reach the end of my patience with his super chatty, super fucking wasted Kurt, I tell him it's time to go and ask if there's any chance that he's going to puke in my car. To which he replied, no, 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 I'm good. Um, I, in fact, I could drive. Shut the fuck up. You can't drive. <laughs> And then, of course, before they left, Kurt fell off the chair for the fourth time. And the last time. Yep. So finally, uh, Linda says, I managed to step out of the way. And uh, the nice guy that helped uh, get him up a couple times helped Kurt to get literally into the like car. literally like her assistant. Right? <laughs> but he got a free shot out of it, which that's, is oh, not enough. <laughs> yeah. I like he, he deserves more than one shot up for, for helping him. That's true. Uh, right. So the fourth time when he was falling down, however, he... Didn't grab her chest, but managed to graze, glaze her thighs with his face on the way down. How does he... He's really lucky with where his body parts fall. <laughs> yeah, but she got out of the way just in time. So then he did actually fall on the floor again. Anyway, somehow they got Kurt into his car and very crookedly set in the car. But he never vomited. So that's a silver lining out of this whole situation, I guess. And Linda says, I kept having to remind him to give me directions. But then we finally did get to his ex-girlfriend's house safe and sound. And uh, I had to ask him to get out of my car more than once because he kept stopping to apologize for being the worst date I've ever had. And obviously, that's she's not going to argue against that. And then he asked if he could kiss me. Of course not, bitch. <laughs> so finally, Linda says, I watched Kurt 
stumble up the yard in the front door of this house and I'm desperately hoping that it's the right house when he rings the bell and the door was opened by an exceptionally angry looking gal in a robe but she lets him in and slams the door behind her and I never heard from Kurt again wow the end that was a roller coaster right Linda has like the patience of a saint absolutely she doesn't even know this person and she's just like stuck by him after four falls off a fucking chair. <laughs> and like, I mean, I would have stuck by just to see what else he would have fallen on. Right? Because it was pretty <laughs> hilarious, like hearing all this. I feel like it's like pretty funny, but also very annoying because she had to take care of yeah, him. Yeah, and also but. he fell on top of her tits. Like, how does that even happen? Yeah, that was that was nuts, man. Yeah, I would have left him after the second fall, maybe. But I feel like I would have been guilty if I left, too, because he was so fucked. Like, I would have been scared he was going to go drive on his own because he was probably going to drive. She's fine to drive now. Yeah, that's... I feel like she felt guilty. Like, if Maybe. something happened to him, she felt she responsible felt, for Yeah, him. exactly. Yeah. It's just fucking annoying. Though. I would have called him an Uber and, like, fucked off. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's a good option. Right? I would have done the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, because that's not fair on her. No, she doesn't have to she like, go to this date to babysit a grown ass man. Yeah, and he was like almost an hour late to the date in the first place. Yeah, because he fell asleep. So all he did show up an hour late, get drunk, tell his entire life trauma to her to the stranger, disappear during the main play of the like the the band, and then fall on her tits, and then be delivered to his ex girlfriend's house. That's from his perspective. Great night. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry you had to go through this, Linda. Red morning underscore warning. Thank you so much for sharing the story. Okay, so this is my second story. Mm-hmm. This is by a user named Far Reference 3. And um, one of our listeners and our friends, Nicole, actually brought this up to my attention. Mm-hmm. So here goes nothing. Okay. So far, reference three, let's name her Haley. Mm -hmm. So Haley says, my fiance proposed to me about eight months ago. We decided on having a relatively small wedding, which is in two days. And everything was going great. He seems absolutely perfect. And we were very much in love. Hold on. She's writing this story two days before our wedding. Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. Anyways, I'm a virgin and so is he. He wanted to save it for marriage and I wasn't fussed. So I agreed to saving it. Mm -hmm. He has told me earlier that in his family, the father checks the virginity of the bride the night before the wedding. Sorry, what? The groom's dad checks the bride? Yes. How? We'll see. Oh, oh, I'm not going to like this story. So Haley laughs this off. And as serious as it sounds, it kind of sounds like a massive joke as well, right? Although it turns out that he was dead serious. Fuck that. He wants me the night before to open my legs up in a small ceremony type thing so that his dad can check me while him, his brothers, and uncle can watch so that they know I am still pure. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck that. I told him fat chance I'm going to do that. And he was begging me to go through with it and how important it was for him. He said he knew it was slightly embarrassing for me. Slightly. But my mother did it. And it will prove how much I love him. And that I have nothing to hide anyways as I am still a virgin. I left and he was crying. It was very dramatic to be honest. (laughs) 
I want to call off the whole wedding because of this and never want to talk to him again. Um, but at the same time, yeah. it's only one thing. And other than that, we are genuinely perfect for each other. I don't want to spend my life with anyone else. And it is very important to him and his family. What the frick frack do I do? <laughs> I am currently at my friend's house and I might stay here for the night. Tomorrow would be our last day as an unmarried couple. And I'm straight up panicking. Can you imagine that this, like if this happened to you and it's like two days before the What if wedding. she just tells him that she's not a virgin? Would he not marry her anymore yeah. if she wasn't a virgin? I think so. What? Yeah, that's why the dad is just making sure, like, he's checking. I I bet you if he found out that the hymen was broken, he'd tell him to call off the wedding. But there's an update. Oh, no. Oh, update's no. messed up. No, Amy, no, 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 no. I'm scared. No. Are you ready? No, 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 no. Really better be. <laughs> <laughs> so the update, she goes... First of all, thank you so much for all the replies. I didn't think this would get so big. I have pretty much read all of them. Special shout out goes to the person who says this was fake solely on the fact that I write like a man, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so she says, I went and talked to him this morning. I told him that his father is not going to look at me and he needs to respect that. Mm -hmm. He was adamant that it needs to happen and accused me about lying about my virginity. Fuck off. I was trying to be calm and rational, but he was not having it and just became more and more angry. I told him if he really loved me, he would stand by me on this and tell his father no. Mm -hmm. And he slapped me. <gasps> and said that he didn't need to prove anything. So I ended it and left him. I'm currently back at my friend's house being miserable and eating pizza, which is pretty fun. So, yeah. But that's everyone. a better life than marrying oh, this Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like. I wonder how long they were dating before they actually got engaged. Because this shows so much character, like, who this person is. Right? Fuck right off. And so Nicole was saying, like, she thinks that they were trying to trap her into a cult because it's oh, yeah, so cult like definitely yeah i'm gonna google like what kind of cult, cult looks is this? behind me before marriage and why the father of the groom like what the fuck? and it's like a ceremony he wanted like the brother the mother like the whole family to watch while he did this examination what? on her is it is it like what is that movie headmate's tale or something oh god oh that's so fucked up yeah like, what would you do? But, I like, mean, how would the father know? Like, does he go in there with a flashlight? I don't know. And, like, he probably has a special a way. hand to... in there to feel for but if a you... film. Okay, so the thing is, is, like, your hymen is so easy to break. Yeah. And you don't have to have sex to break it. Like, you could be horseback riding. You could do gymnastics. You most could, girls like, just that, sit. Yeah, most girls that dance when they were kids. It breaks. It breaks. Like, yeah. m I think mine broke when I was seven years old because I used to dance. Yeah. And it was, like, hardcore Chinese like traditional dance when I was doing flips and sp splits in the air and all that shit. Yeah. And I came home and it was bleeding. Oh. But like, doesn't mean that I'm not a virgin, a virgin anymore. Yeah. You know, no this yet. shit happens and it's, it's a very fragile thing. It just breaks and chances are hers is not there anymore. Exactly. Yeah. But like, that doesn't mean anything. Yep. But like the whole but idea just, like, of having oh. the whole family coming around and examining, like, why Ugh. then you would okay then if she did actually marry him mm -hmm. she would have to know that every time they go to thanksgiving dinner the whole family has seen her hoo-ha yeah exactly what it looks that's so weird I'm, i don't know i'm checking this right now for a cult <laughs> yeah it's an inch oh my god oh it's real oh no 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 oh this is when like the family the groom's family checks 
after the wedding night to see if there's blood or like evidence of the hymen being broken. Oh, why would you do that too? That's so weird. It's actually a, a Chinese ceremony, what? Too, like a traditional thing too. Because back, way back in the day, when you marry, you're supposed to be a virgin before marriage, and how the family would know is that they would come in to check if you've done the deal and sealed the marriage by seeing the blood on the sheets, and then they will know that you're now trying to have a child. I guess. Yeah, traditions are not always the best, <laughs> and some of them are not. Great. That's so messed up. Well, I guess it makes sense because, like, evolutionarily speaking, mm-hmm. we are destined to just have babies. So I, I guess. guess it makes sense. The only reason why you get married is to have children. Right. So maybe that's why our parents are so messed up and think about grandkids all the time. Oh, man. This is so fucked up. I like, I've hi- I've hives. Okay, shall we move on then? I can't, I don't think I can. <laughs> no, we should move on. Okay, let's move on. Next story. <laughs> All right, now it's my third story of the week, and the story is shared by somebody whose username is tytyd50. Okay. Yes, I think she's thanking a camera because D50 is a Canon camera. I would have never known that. Oh, thanks for explaining. I'm a nerd. <laughs> Anyway, so I guess we'll call her uh, Nikki. Sure, thank you. So Nikki says, I was talking oh wait, this is a guy. How awkward. <laughs> Nick it is. Nick. <laughs> oh so God. Nick says, I was talking to this girl on OKCupid for a couple of days. She sounded nice and very family-oriented. She also liked video games, and so did I, so we just clicked. And I asked if she would like to meet in real life and get coffee, and she suggested that we would meet in the mall. And so we planned a date at the mall. The next day, we meet up at the GameStop, which is like a store that sells games, I guess, in the mall. And the first red flag was she looks Nothing like her profile photo. As I was saying, I had a little bit of crush on her. I liked her personality and we got along really well. So at this point, what's on the inside counts more what she looked like. So I was not put off by the fact that she didn't look like her photos. So we started walking around and looking for a Starbucks while talking along the way and basically having a pretty good time. We eventually find a Spencer's and she tells me she wants to go look around the store. So we go in there and I'm looking around at all the random knickknacks and t-shirts, etc. And do you remember what Spencer's? Yeah, yeah. Like? It has yeah. Like, like random, yeah. super geeky, nerdy stuff, which is everything that like I adore. Sexual stuff, and then there's like some games and stuff. it's so yes. random. Yeah. yeah, but I love I love I do too. places it's like, like that. The most fun, yeah. Yeah. And uh so while he was looking at all these weird fancy things, and she randomly took Nick's hand and goes straight to the back. And he rides in rackets. And I guess this is um, different in the States than in Canada. He writes, now, for the three of you that don't know what's in the back of Spencer's, it's basically a sex shop. And uh, she starts to show me all this BDMS wear gear and tells me that she has a tickle fetish and things that I'm not very interested in, sexual things. And uh, trying to be polite, Nick says, I go along with it for a little bit, but end up convincing her that I still want to get that coffee. So they get out of that store and they go to Starbucks in the food court. 
And this is the moment where she decides to tell me that she doesn't like having coffee, even though their original plan was to meet in a coffee house and get coffee. Anyway, so Nick says, me trying to salvage whatever is left of this date says, well, they have more than just coffee. And to which she replies, she has no money. And with the last few drops of hope I had for this date, I offered to buy her something to drink. But then she declines and asks me to walk her to her car. So Nick got his coffee and I was like, okay, well, this is really strange. This date's going to end way early than I anticipate. Mm-hmm. But he walked her to her car anyway. So we walked through the parking lot and basically in basically dead silence. And as I'm about to say goodbye, she pulls out a shoebox from her car. Mm. And I can tell you right now that they're not fresh Nikes in that shoebox. Oh, God. Inside are some fuzzy handcuffs some feathers and uh, a thing that is a piece of leather on a stick and that was the last thing that I saw before I turned around and started to walk away without saying anything and as I was walking away I hear her yelling after me tell me if you don't want to do it here so we can go back to my place and we'll we'll, we'll, but you have to leave before my mom gets home And that is the last that Nick heard from this girl. Oh my god, it's so funny. Yep. 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 Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm all for that, but like I think you need to do a little warning before you It's it's not the fetish that's like putting him no, off, it's I feel not. like. Cause he she wasn't really interested in a date at all. She just wanted to hook up essentially. Like everything, she just wanted to use him. Everything right? was too sexual, too fast, and too too strong of a force, too aggressive. Yeah, but I guess that's like that's like what she wanted anyway. Yeah, because right? like she wanted to lock him up with the handcuffs yeah. and like maybe if they had understanding before this happened, right? Like, it would have turned out differently. I think communication is so key in these things because mm-hmm. I'm sure people are open. Like maybe not, but then you find out during communication. You don't just scare someone just like right poke it in the <laughs> asshole and see what happens <laughs> that's what all these people do i'm like what what made you think this was a good idea just just try it you gotta never know until you try i guess or you can just talk about it right communication guys most yeah. powerful tool that we have and yeah no mm-hmm. one uses it yep well i'm sorry that this happened to you but it's actually a pretty funny story so thank you for sharing tytyd d50 Okay, so this is the last story, and this is a good story. Um, Finally. Yeah, and it's about the Boston Marathon bombing. So um, it's about a survivor, though. Oh, no. Yeah, it is really sad. Um, And I got this article at thenotnews.com, and it's by Esther Lee. Mm -hmm. And it's about a lady named Roseanne Sdoya. Mm -hmm. So for Roseanne, April 15, 2013, started off like any other day. She didn't wake up anticipating the loss of her leg near the finish line of the Boston Marathon, nor did she expect to meet the love of her life, a firefighter named Mike Materia, who would later transport her to the hospital as the harrowing emergency unfolded. Mm -hmm. So um, Roseanne says, I recall pretty much everything in the sense of what I did that morning, going to meet my friends, running into the explosion, so to say. She's a long distance runner herself. So she remembers seeing two bright flashes of light near her feet. Oof. And that's when the bomb went off. 
The explosion destroyed her right leg and left her bleeding on the streets. A college student came running over to help, and there were people all around her. There was a police officer, there was a doctor, and then there were other people there too, which was in quite a lot of shock. Mm-hmm. Her future fiancé, meanwhile, was nearby helping others impacted by the homemade bombs, which ultimately claimed three lives and resulted in hundreds of injuries. Mm-hmm. Ambulances kept going by, and they were all full, so a police transport vehicle had to pick up Roseanne and bring her to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Mike just got there in time as they were loading her in, and he didn't leave her side. So he picked up the head of a board and then put her into the vehicle. She had to keep her eyes closed because she knew that something bad had happened, mm-hmm. and she just didn't want to see anything, basically. So, sad. so she didn't fully see him. She never really saw his face. Once they shut the door to the wagon, it was pitch black in there, and she didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. Days passed, and Roseanne was one of the 16 people to sustain the loss of a limb. She, again, didn't really know what happened. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just a blur to her. And she couldn't understand why people were coming to visit her. Mm. Among the visitors was Mike, who repeatedly came to the hospital to check up on her. Mm. Yeah. She couldn't understand why he was there. But prior to that, her mom was like, oh, that firefighter is so cute. He wouldn't be here if he didn't like you. And she was like, oh, my God, mom, I was just blown up. (laughs) 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 Fucking... Mothers, especially yeah. Chinese mothers. I don't yeah. know if she's Chinese or not, she's but, not, but I relate, yeah. girl. <laughs> sure. Her mother wasn't the only one to notice. A lot of her friends were like, oh my god, he's so cute. Yeah, they immediately went to look him up on Facebook to see what his story was. At first, Roseanne admittedly found it strange. A week or two after what had happened, he still came around. He made friends with my family. He made friends with my friends. Oh, he's so nice. And then the two started spending quality time together. Such a good boy. I know. Mike offered to take uh, Roseanne to follow-up appointments, especially as she interviewed for a prosthetic. We went to the first uh, prosthesis interview together. After we went to the first one, I was like, I think you should come to the other ones with me. It's good to have two people analyzing the situation, Mm -hmm. she said with a laugh. Mm -hmm. So they would drive there to have lunch, and that's when they really got to know each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she started to get to know who he was, how great of a person he was, and that's when their attraction started. Hmm. Roseanne says she initially noticed a few standout qualities. He was very thoughtful, very kind and handsome, just a good person. Two months later, Roseanne was interviewed about the bombing aftermath, and the reporter, who suspected a romance was blossoming between her and Mike, spoke to the firefighter as well. Hmm. So the next day, they'd gone to an appointment, and she was like, oh, so um, at the interview, what did you say? And he was like, what did you say? <laughs> And she said she thinks that they were both concerned because they both had feelings for each other but didn't want it to ruin their friendship. Mm-hmm. But then they talked about it and said, if it doesn't work out, let's promise to be friends. They remained friends and got engaged after more than three years of dating. Wow. Yeah. So she knew it would happen, Roseanne said of the proposal. She thought that maybe Christmas, New Year's, Valentine's Day, or her birthday. Mm-hmm. But instead, Mike chose Nantucket during a random winter weekend. Aha, because he knew that yeah, she, so knew. she knew. <laughs> <laughs> The couple who went on their first solo vacation to the famed New England island in July 2013 ended up running into a few friends randomly that Friday night. One volunteers at the Whaling Museum, and she said that she could give us a private tour. So while Roseanne excused herself from the conversation to the ladies' room, Mike schemed with a museum volunteer to orchestrate the perfect proposal. His plan, though, was nearly foiled Sunday morning when his alarm went off early, which Roseanne found strange. Mm -hmm. Still, she shrugged it off and went back to sleep. A few hours later, the couple ended up at the museum for the private tour. 
when Mike wandered off to the observation deck. You can see him around the corner kneeling down and doing something, Roseanne said. So then she walked over, and that's when Mike popped the question. He stood up, and we looked out at the water. He was nervous and then asked me. He was down on his knee, holding the ring. It couldn't have been more perfect. Nantucket is so special to me, special to us. It was the first place we had gone together. So the two planned to marry this fall in a New England wedding. Um, They were thinking October, November. And then, yeah, along with their upcoming nuptials, the two are also focusing on the release of their new book entitled Perfect Strangers, Friendship, Strength, and Recovery After Boston's Worst Day. And yeah, everyone's got a story, but this one's a little different. She concludes, I felt safe with Mike around. I felt like he took care of me that day, getting me to the hospital. And then with him being around, there was a serene feeling about it, a safe feeling with him there. And it was more than just the fact that he was a fireman. So sweet. Right? This is so sweet. He literally saved her life. Yeah. And then despite of knowing what she had lost, he still was very much attracted and wanting to care for her. And kept sticking around. Made friends with his family first. Like, that was his way in. Yeah, that's so cute. But, so like, he sweet. probably helped a lot with her recovery, too. Oh, 100%. Mentally, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Imagine just going through that. I just, Have you she was a runner. That was, like, so sad. Like, yeah. imagine being a runner and then you lose your leg. Yeah, a lot of people did that day. Yeah. Did, have you seen Patriot's Day? No, what's that? The movie made about Boston bombing. So there's two movies that I know of. One's yeah. called Patriot's Day and the other one's called Stronger. Um, Patriot's Day starts Mark... What's this guy say? Wahlberg. Wahlberg, yes. Yeah. Uh, Patriot's Day stars Mark Wahlberg and Stronger starts um, Jake Gyllenhaal. So Patriot's Day we watched a couple of weeks ago and oh my gosh, it was so fucking surreal but it was obviously a real event and it was very very sad and to watch people so basically this movie plays from a couple of different people's perspective on what happened that day Mm -hmm. and some people lost family members some people lost their limbs and we also saw a perspective from the bombers themselves and it was just i highly recommend if you have not watched this movie it's a little long, but I think it's a bit over two hours, but it's definitely worth watching to learn about what actually happened that day because it was definitely a tragedy and, yeah, fucked so up. Sad. Mm-hmm. Like, why do Very people sad. do this shit? People man? are just fucked up, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, stories like this just brings hope, right? Like, Yeah, like, I think the – yeah, so – terrorists like they do this to bring terror but Mm -hmm. then love always wins yeah yeah at the end of the day i mean this bombing was horrific and it ruined many people's lives and their plans for their lives but at the same time some people found love like this people together yeah Yeah, like this and it it does bring the community together oh yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah well i'm so happy for the two of them and they're getting married soon right Mm -hmm. like next month yeah that's amazing yeah it's very exciting yes so happy for you too. Yeah. Do you have a picture of them? Uh, yes, yes, I will post that. Awesome. Yay. And that's the end of episode 28. Woo-hoo. We hope that you enjoyed this week's stories. And if you did, please rate, subscribe, and review us on Apple Podcasts to let us know what you think. We also want to hear yours or your friends' dating horror stories or love stories. So please email them to us at thenotbugpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, let us know if you want to be anonymous, and we will give you fake names. (laughs) Um, And of course, you can listen to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms. 
You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we're going to upload all of our stories and pictures on that regularly. Mm -hmm. You can find all this info on our website at thenotbookpodcast.com. Yeah, and please also tell your friends and family and colleagues and neighbors to tune into our podcast if you like it, and I'm hoping that you'll like it. And uh, (laughs) be our friends, please. Be our friends. Um, so that's the end of the episode, and we hope that we'll be in your ears again next Sunday. Yes. Stop. Okay. They're never going to listen sorry. to us again. I'm sorry. Are you guys still there? I'm, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, let's just, okay. I love you. Oh, my God. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye.